Hello. Welcome to uh, the. Welcome to my first episode of Daniel Bayon's views of wrestling, TV shows, and movies. I had just uh, pre-recorded an episode, Back to the Future Part One, and I don't know if that's gonna do or not. So going to, uh, do it on here. I said I'd, uh, recorded some things I probably shouldn't have recorded, so that had nothing to do with, um, with the movie, so I'll just start right here. 1985 was actually the year my mom and dad were, were married. December 13th, 1955, no, 85. It was the, the year that my parents were married. So this movie, uh, was probably, probably several months before that even happened. And in the movie, they revealed that, early in the movie, that Marty and his um, Marty was still in high school, and he got, he was late showing up for school because he thought that it was 7, he thought it was about 7.21, I think, when, uh, when he got to best friend Doc Brown's house, and when it, got to, when it turned 8 o'clock, the, uh, was about a minute after Doc Brown called him. And he found out from Doc Brown that it was 8.15, so he was late for school. And he got caught by the principal. He gave not only Marty his fourth, uh, party note, but, um, same thing for Marty's girlfriend. And he, um, suggested to Marty not to hang around his good friend Doc Brown anymore because he's because he's a crackhead. No, crackpot. Today, of course, everybody knows that crack means something different. Back in those days, crack, crop, I don't even know anymore what they used to call him. Uh, possibly crackpot, meaning crazy, or um, or just, um, uh, ridiculous or something like that. And he told Marty not to try to audition because, for, for, uh, the audition, I think it was an, an audition for the bands, I believe, uh, sorry about that, I just meant to rewind so I could see for sure. I've got the Back to the Future DVD on the player and I'm lining it to see what he was trying out for. Uh, even though they were too loud for that, for that, um, for the judges at the school, girlfriend told him not to give up on, uh, on music. 
By the way, he was told not not to think about trying out for what he was trying out for because nobody in his family had ever amounted to anything in the history of where they were living. And he told his principal history is going to change. His principal was true to his uh, to his name, he was strict, and his last name was Lynn, Strict Lynn. I never realized before I saw this, that movie, looking in the end credits, that it was Strict Land. Uh, so Strickland, like, quick, like, quick. So, I really believe it's a, that that name and his attitude was just a joke on his name because he was strict. That's what was really great about the third part, was showing how far back his uh, his family goes in that uh, in that town. And Strickland, oh yeah, it, the audition for, for Battle of the Bands, and they show as he and his girlfriend were walking across the street. Because he didn't have a car of his own. So they had to walk. Um, you could see the mayor. Uh, the car that... The people that were helping the mayor with his campaign. They were... Uh, riding along. In their car playing an audio of his campaign speech. And it... The, it said, re-elect Mayor Goldie Wilson. And that stands for honesty, de no, underneath the, right? Um, underneath the part of the picture where you can see his, his coat and his tie. It says, honesty, decency, and integrity. And you can see Statler and Toyota, uh, Name names on a building as they're walking across the sh uh, the street. And you can see some uh, cars and the clock tower behind them and a truck for sale. By the way, I mentioned this and I made a mistake. I'm glad I recorded this. I'm glad I saw the need to record because I messed this up. In my pre-recorded uh, episode. <clears throat> Dattler Toyota was selling a Toyota 4x4 truck. And it was a truck that Marty really wanted to have one day. And that really was a big deal in the movie. And he goes home. Finds out that the car he was going, he was supposed to use during the weekend, had been totaled by his dad's boss, or his, not really boss, but his uh, supervisor, Biff. And his dad's name is George McFly. Biff, I think that was his given name in the show, in the movie, and I think his last name was Cannon. Yeah, Biff Cannon. And. Um, 
found out that, uh, you find out that George's assistant was a big time bully, and he had asked him, are those reports that you, that you're gonna type up for me? And he said, when he said that he needed them typed up, he said, I'm gonna need time to, to retype them. And then he said, if I was to hand in your, my reports in your handwriting, I would get, um, fired. You wouldn't, you wouldn't want that, would you? Would you? And he grabbed the tie in a threatening manner. He said, no, I wouldn't. He said when he would finish them up and bring it to him, he told him the next day he slept in. It was a weekend. It might have been a Saturday, I believe. And they showed how the father, George, had trouble with um, confrontation. And they revealed that the mom had a trouble with drinking. And they also revealed, before they showed her actually drinking anything alcoholic, they revealed that their uncle was in jail and couldn't get parole. And his nickname is Jailbird because of how often he got arrested. And they brought up how the mother claimed she didn't like um, Marty's girlfriend because she chased after him or she called for him and she claimed she would never do that herself and she said how brought up the story about how father and mother met and by the way they were watching an episode of the honeymooners um when Ralph was the man from space and, um, he, uh, that was another thing, another important part of the movie when he went into the past. Um, he, uh, they were talking about um, that and meeting each other, how you meet, um, how you're supposed to meet, meet, um, I'm sorry, I just got my train of thought and forgot what I was going to say. Um, the sister asked, how am I supposed to meet a boy? And that's when she brought up how she met the father. And... She said it just happened. It will just happen. And there's more than just it happening. Uh, like um, the sister said that the way it happened was because of Grandpa hitting him with the car. Which was, that's what was, what I like about these mo the writing in this movie. They all went together. It was great writing. So... He met, he was supposed to go to, supposed to wait outside the mall building by 
to for a duck, not by, I'm supposed to say for. Supposed to wait for a duck outside of the mall. And at 1.30 in the morning, he, he fell asleep. He answered the phone as it was ringing, and he lied and he said he wasn't asleep. So he got on a skateboard and he got there. And Doc Brown, it almost looked like he had gotten a trailer or something. And he, they lowered a lever or something. I, I really don't know what it's called, but something that you roll, roll down um, your car with. And he had gotten a DeLorean. And he had asked him if he had, he, no, he asked him if he had his camera, and he said, start rolling. So after a few, several minutes, uh, something happened to Einstein, and it looked like the car and the dog, it looked like the car and, uh, the dog named Einstein were disintegrated. Then he revealed to Marty that he was in a, that that car was a time machine. And he uh, sent him into the future in, for one minute. And he came back and I think they spent two or three hours filming um, Dr. Doc Brown talking about the, the um, experiment of time machine experiment and the plutonium and everything and he, he even told um, Marty how he got the plutonium and the same people that he stole the plutonium from came came after him and he couldn't shoot at any of them so he threw down the pistol and he was holding and he got shot and that made Marty run luckily they ran out of ammo so he was able to get in the time machine because it was a car and it ran like a car he did not realize what he was doing by the way Doc Brown a few minutes before the time machine uh, right before the, the Libyans came I'm sorry, I'm using an iPad. I had to to make sure nobody can use it without me knowing about it. I lock it, so I had to type in the the code. That's why I stopped. So, finish to finish what I was just saying. Libyans uh, started chasing after him. He even realized he turned on the circuit, and right before the Libyans came by. To kill Doc Brown, Doc had, and to show him how to use the time machine, he he had punched in the number of the of the year when he when he claimed he invented time travel, and when he claimed how to how to use a time machine, and so because of not erasing the date. When the time circuits were turned on, he went. He didn't even realize he turned the time circuits on. He went, he went all the way, um, 
back to 1955 because they accidentally turned the time machine on. So, the first person he met, officially met, was somebody in a cafe. And then, when he tried to call Doc Brown, um... When he tried to call Doc Brown, he didn't answer. So, when he went to sit down, he ended up sitting down by his dad. And then Biff came, and, uh, the, um, his associates were with him. And then that Mary was talking about earlier, said, um, told him, can't let people walk all walk all over you. Um, you do if you don't stand up for yourself, people are gonna walk over you the rest of your life. And that's when he he said that at that moment in time he's going to night school and he's gonna make something of himself. That's why Marty said he's gonna be mayor. Then he had this whole uh, discussion if he was gonna be mayor or not. And, um, as he was talking to the guy who was probably considered his, uh, superior or his boss, if you could even call him that, I don't really know. He was talking to the guy above him in leadership in that, in that, uh, in that cafe. He, uh, he was doing that. George had left to go somewhere. And this was the first... Uh, this is where the movie really, it gets exciting, because when Marty tracked him down, he saw that the reason he got hit with the car was because he was peeping. That was the first thing he learned that was different than what he had expected from his parents. Then he saved his father from getting hit with the car. He got hit with the car. Then... He met, he met, he went to where Doc Brown lived, and after he, actually, I gotta share this story, it's funny. He was wearing something that was supposed to, to that was supposed to tell him what people are thinking, and it was completely, uh, um, it went haywire on him, it didn't work at all. So, he had asked him... Uh, if he was really from the future, he asked him who the president was. Then he started sarcastically making comments about who the possible vice president and first lady was. Because Ronald Reagan was the president in 1985. So because he did act in some movies, he said, Ronald Reagan, the actor? Who's the vice president, Jerry Lewis? Then he... Made a joke about the first lady and all that stuff. Then Marty told him to really reveal he was telling the truth. He told him how he knows why he has tape over his head. And he came out like he that's exactly what happened. So he brought to he brought him to where he put the DeLorean at because if he lost plutonium. He had driven so far into the future 
that he was at a plutonium when he parked. So he brought him to where he had parked the DeLorean, and he showed him the picture of what makes time travel possible, which was the flux capacitor. And it's amazing how in shows like that, that's, that's how they supposedly come up with things like that. Um, by drawing pictures of what they, what they, um, figure out in their mind. It's how things should be. So, um, he had, um, he started talking to Marty about how to get the, um, the electric, the gigawatts of electricity, how to get that, and it just so happened that was another thing that gave Marty an advantage, was in the middle of his disadvantage, the biggest advantage he had was the Save the Clock Tower poster, that paid paper that was handed to him, and he gave a quarter to the lady. And he, uh, he started talking about hanging out. He said, you can't interact with anybody. Did you interact with anybody outside of me? And that's when he, they revealed that by bumping into his parents and grandparents and, uh, and an uncle or uncles because the jailbird was a baby at the time. So when he revealed that, he took the pic a picture um, of himself and his siblings, and his oldest brother, which was his oldest sibling, in the picture, his body parts were all ripped, or he was starting to fade, with his hand was starting to fade, or his arm was, before he even got to the hand. So for the rest of the movie, he kept on looking at that picture to see how close he was to fading. Or vanishing from existence. And there are a lot of things happened. Like he, in order to keep from vanishing, he had to go to school to interact with his mom and dad. And there was a few times where it looked like it was not going to work. So he, uh, so he ended up having to, uh, what happened was, after he talked his dad into trying to go out with his mom, he got in an altercation with uh, with Biff, and he caused Biff to... Uh, Biff was right by a manure truck, so instead of backing up far enough to where he wouldn't hit the truck, he, when he went sideways, he hit the truck and full of manure all over his car. So then finally, the night of the dance comes, and he, <clears throat> night of the dance finally arrives. He already, uh, built, he already set up this, uh, fake, um, situation happening with he and his dad where he would pretend to take advantage of his mom so that his dad would come in and save the day. 
Well, unfortunately for Marty, Biff, um, could not let go of what happened, so he gets pulled out of the car. And what happened in this scene, which is really telling about Marty, his mom drank and smoked, and he freaked out because he thought she would not do something like that. And in an in another scene, in a deleted scene, when he saw her during class, he saw that she cheated on a test. That was another thing he was shocked at. And I had always told my mom that in the first two movies of Back to the Future, um, Marty always had this problem of not thinking anything would change in society. Or, the, or thinking everything would be the same. Which is about the same thing. Um, or thinking that his parents would be the same way they were when they were, you know, adults. So those are just some examples of how he thinks everything would be the same. <clears throat> so, um, by virtue of going through that situation with his mom uh, and dad, with his mom and Biff, his dad ended up changing the second he saw Biff be disrespectful to the mom and pushing her and she fell down. He was trying to break, I really believe he was trying to break Marty's dad's hand, hand so he took the good, the hand he was not trying to break and he hit Biff with it and knocked him out. Uh, Marty was... Marty went to the band um, that's playing for the school because he had gotten thrown in the trunk of their car and, and mocked. And when the player of the guitar... Gu I'm sorry, guitar player of the band had... Um, had unlocked it, he broke his hand, I think. So, he, um, so they, Marty said he would play guitar for him. They finally kissed, which is what he needed them to do, and that's how, that's how all three, um, people in the picture, himself and his siblings, all came back on the picture because he was an inch away from becoming non-existent in the picture and in life. And, uh, so even though it altered history, it altered history for the better, not the worst. And he played Johnny B. Good, and it was a great song and a great, he great, played great and everything, but they were not used of that kind of playing in 1955, so he said, guess you aren't ready for that, but your kids are going to love it. And he had said to his own dad, if y'all get married and have a son, if he does, and he used an example of when he was five years old, and he said, go easy on him. That's what his mom said, Marty, that's a nice name. And, like, she was thinking about using that someday 
for a kid. He was gonna, he wrote a letter for Doug Brown to read when he gets back into the future, on the present day, as we call it. And he said, um, no, I can't do that. He tore it up. He helps, he makes it possible for Marty to go back to the future. And, and when, uh, Marty got back to the future. He, instead of taking the car to drive to the mall, he, he chased after the, the bus with the Libyans in it, and he thought Doc had died. And Doc had revealed he not only had a bulletproof vest on, but the, but the letter he tore up, he pasted, he taped them back together, and he read everything. And he said, what about, um, few, what about how reading future events disrupts the time, um, space-time continuum? And he said, well, I figure what the heck. And he had asked Doc what time he was going, and he said, 30 years. I think he said, yeah, 30 years. It was 30 years back, and they went 30 years forward, and, um, that's when they showed him wake up, and he was completely, um, it's almost like a culture shock, where he didn't know where he was, he was, he knew that it was his brother and sister, but they looked differently and dressed differently, the house was different, and his mom and dad were different. And he and uh, he thought the car the same way it was when he left to go to the uh, to go to the past, and that was even different. And he found out that uh, Biff actually worked underneath or worked for his dad doing something. Like I think he was about to uh, to start up on the. Waxing the cars or something. Second coat of wax. And then they revealed that he had a new truck. And it was the truck he was he was hoping to get in the beginning of the movie. Then Doc Brown showed up. Right after um, Marty's girlfriend Jennifer showed up. And that's when he said... You've got to come back with me. And he looked, he was in the funniest set of clothes I'd ever seen him in. And he was wearing some type of visor or something over his eyes. And uh, that's when he revealed that he not just needed Marty to come. He needed, because she saw the time machine. She He needed her to come with Marty to keep her from being quiet. To keep her from saying that she saw the time machine. And he revealed, to end the movie, he said, where we're going, we don't need roads. Of course, he paused before he said roads, to make it dramatic. And, let me check to see how many minutes I have left. Okay, uh...
let me just start off by saying this. Uh, I don't, I don't really think about going in the past a lot. I just really am cur. I would be curious to see how people lived their lives in the old days. But to go there, no, I would. I don't ever think of that because. It would ruin everything. There's a specific... There's a purpose and a reason why things happen. So to go back in the past would destroy... It would ruin everything. So, no, I would not want to do that. However, watching movies like this is interesting and writing books about it would even be interesting. Using it for imagination purposes, there's nothing wrong with that. But to actually want to do it is another thing. So I'm glad we can do that because of all the... Because of all the things we can prevent. No good always comes out of bad. So we could be preventing ourselves from a lot of great things happening because of the things we're trying to prevent by doing that. So no, I would not want to do that. I would not want to go back in time... Not just the things we can prevent by by trying to by trying to fix something or change something, but we could be preventing a lot of things from happening that are meant to happen because of the things we uh, that we try to prevent because. Of, uh, because we feel bad or because, um, we're embarrassed by it. So, that's why I wouldn't want to go in the past and change it. I would rather know why things happen than to, than to prevent them from happening. That's why I wouldn't want to go back in time. Um, but... To talk about the behind-the-scenes part of it, the writer or producer went to his dad's house and saw an old photo album from when his dad was in, in high school, and it gave him this idea, what if we could go back in time? And he said, this would be a great movie. And that's why he did that. And what was a really funny story was Whenever they put, um, when they put the, the mask on, uh, Leah Thompson to portray the mom on the movie to make her look, yeah, to make her look older than she was. To make her look like she was in her 40s. And to make her look, uh, I really don't know how to describe it. I, I think the idea was that she was depressed or something and really didn't have anything to really be happy about. So they made her look, they made her look older than she should have looked. And, uh, I really can't describe it outside of that. So... I remember her story was that she walked into her house 
Mom was living with her at the time, and her mom just freaked out. Oh my gosh, what happened to you? I think is what her mom said. And... (laughs) Okay, I said I would never want to go back in time, but... If I was to go back in time... Just for the sake of, uh... Just for the sake of imagination... How would I go back in time? Or where would I go back in time? I think I would go back to the time when my parents met each other. No, I wouldn't do that either. I'd go back to the time when, uh... My grandparents met. Or when, um... Or the time that, uh... That... My grandparents were born, or, you know, just, uh, just a time when things, uh, were simpler, when people treated each other, um, like people, and not, um, not, and were not disrespectful, were not disrespectful to each other, you know, that's, that's what I think I would like to do. If I could... Go back in time, that's what I would do, just to see how different everything was. However, to see biographies that I've seen, biographies that I've seen of things like the Italian um, mobs and stuff like that, that's why I would not want to go back in time. Because it seems like, uh, to really, it seems like no matter what time era we live in, there's always something bad in it. So, I would not want to go... So, that's why I would not want to go back in time. However, to use my, my uh, imagination, I would probably want to go, go back to a time like the 1950s or a place like that. Because that's the time they had... Um, They had all those great music, and, uh, they're really hard to put into words, but I'd probably go into the 1950s because of all the music they had and the things that we're accustomed to now were first coming out, so I think I'd go back in the time when they first had a restaurant, or they first had, um, something where people could eat. And I think I'd go back to the time when they first made Coca-Cola or they first made root beer or just things that we, that we um, are, are accustomed to seeing today. That's what I would go back to the time of. Okay. Okay. I really can't think of anything else to talk about when talking about this movie, so I'll just say, uh, goodbye. Oh, hold on. I can think of one thing. Mom said that she had heard in interviews how the the person with the, uh, with the most boring character in the movie, George McFly, the actor was the best actor in the movie. And she said, I can't, I couldn't get over that. 
And I gotta be honest, to go from super geek to uh, to the type of character you left at the end, that takes a heck of a lot of talent. So that's why that's not a surprise to me as much as it was the first time I heard it because even though it does take acting to pull all that off, that kind of transformation takes big time talent. And, uh, I'm really glad, after seeing, finding out how nice Biff, uh, Biff was in real life, Thomas Wilson, Thomas F. Wilson, F. Wilson, excuse me, um, it makes me even glad, happier to see that they wrote his character to be nicer at the end of the movie. Alright, that's all I have to say, and, uh, thank you, and goodbye. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.